Hello and welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Schultz. It is Thursday, January 6th, and the Seahawks are getting ready to face the Cardinals in the final game of the season this week. Let's hear what Pete Carroll had to say about the Cardinals player who has given the Seahawks the most trouble on offense over the last few years, and that is pass rusher Chandler Jones. He's an, he's an amazing player. It, it's um, I've been um, really influenced about his play this year and how hard he plays so consistently, um, throwing his body around and just so wildly going after it. Um, you know, he had the big start to the season. Maybe he had five sacks in the opener. Um, and so, you know, he, everybody's given him every bit of uh, attention you could possibly get. Uh, that was that doesn't help him when you start that fast. You know, everybody you can't miss, you know, the chips and the, the extra linemen and every every back going, hitting him before he gets out, all that kind of stuff. But um, he, he's just an incredible athlete. He's so long and lanky and yet still quick and explosive um, that he he just beats guys. And he's really a, a really a problem to block in, in any kind of combinations, uh, run and pass, you know, so. Um, I've really been impressed with his effort. His motor really showed up this year. I think, I, I don't know, if, maybe I missed it in the past, but I've been the most impressed this season. Now, one way to help reduce the effect of a strong pass rush is with a strong run game. Rashad Penny has been doing well in recent weeks, even getting the fan vote for FedEx Ground Player of the Week. And Carol talked about how his teammates are responding to his recent play. You know, there's a play in the game last week. He breaks it out, and the, the play, he put his head down, he's running, you know, and, and he gets knocked out of bounds, and he slides, you know, to the bench. And there's a moment there where there's about six or eight guys that just all jumped to him in, in kind of a bevy around him to help help pick him up, you know, um, that I, I thought was um, – it was an indicator of, of guys, you know, connecting with him and, and cheerleading for him and, and excited for him and, and, and protecting him too. You know, they were maybe worried that, you know, something was wrong. Um, that was just a vivid illustration. I don't know if that showed up in the, in the TV copy or not, but uh, it's on our film. And, and uh, I've seen guys across the board um, be excited for him. And it, it's, one, it's partially because he's such a good player and such a dynamic aspect of, the, of our team right now, but also it's because they know what he's overcome. And it's been such a, you know, a hardship for him to make it through it. And everybody's cheerleading for him in, in that regard. So um, it's a really good story. He's a really humble kid. You know, he just doesn't, doesn't seek any kind of praise or, you know, attention. He's just real quiet and, and goes about his work. And uh, so guys have gone out of their way to make, make expressions towards him. Penny and Carroll have said over and over that Adrian Peterson's arrival was instrumental in the back turning things around. And Pete said he spoke to AD about a potential coaching career. I, I did have a conversation with Adrian about um, about being a coach, you know, and, and uh, I told him when I was coming up, I, I never wanted to be a coach, you know, and, and so um, it, I kind of prefaced it that way and, and then let him into it. that You know, you know, maybe someday down the road you could think about that. He, he's he wants to play, you know, and and. Uh, I don't know what his plan is immediately, but he would be an extraordinary coach. And, and uh, he has all of the right kind of makeup uh, and background and, and uh, accomplishment that, that gives him a stature that few people could ever have in this business. And, and, uh, and it's his work ethic, you know, all those things that he could transfer, and, and which we've already seen the impact of it, obviously. Um, so, I mean, he, you know, he's, there's, there's a lot of things he can do in the world. They didn't have to be a ball coach, but uh, he certainly would have a chance to be a great one. One player who's been great recently in the running game, as discussed on 3-in, 3-out this week, is tight end Will Disley, who may not be able to play because he is dealing with a heel injury. 
Um, he's he's walking around kind of gingerly on it. Um, he's got a sore foot, you know, and so we, we're just going to go one day at a time and see what happens by the end of the week. Another injury that everyone is talking about this week, though, is linebacker Bobby Wagner's knee sprain. Even though reports earlier in the week said Wagner would be out for week 18, Bobby says he still thinks he has a chance to play. Uh, I'm just going to do what I, I, I do. I'm going to get as much treatment as I possibly can. I'm going to take it one day at a time. Um, I have a lot of days before Sunday, and uh, we're going to see what happens. You know, I think it's just always important to try your best to finish what you start. And so, you know, regardless of um, how the things play out, you never want the, your circumstances or what's going on around you to dictate whether or not you're going to play or how hard you're going to play. Because then I feel like you'll never be good at anything if, if the circumstances, is if, uh, you know, you only gave it your best when everything was good then, um, you know, the moment something didn't work out your way, you would probably fold. And so that's kind of my mentality is um, you just do everything you can to to play and give it your best and not let the the circumstances or things around you uh, dictate um, your mindset. And so I never let um, I never let anything around me that's going on dictate how I approach the game. I try to approach the game the same way. And so, you know, I think that's part of being a leader and that's, that's uh, you know, part of, you know, instilling the young guys what it looks like to be a true professional. He says his decision to try and play has nothing to do with a potential departure from Seattle this offseason. I don't feel like this is my last time. Um, you know, I don't feel like this is my last time putting on a, a Seahawks uniform. I don't feel like this is my last time doing that. I understand um, there is a business side to this, but there's a lot of optimism on my end that, um, I'll be back. And so I'm not worried about it. Obviously, I can't control everything. I can only control my part. And my part on this is um, I feel like I I love this city. I love um, this team. I love the Seahawks. And so um, I always wanted to, to be a part of a franchise's uh, good times and bad times and every time. And so this is a team that I would love to uh, be able to be a part of for a very, very long time. And so on my end, um, that's where I'm at, that I'm I'm a Seahawk until they tell me I'm not. And so that's my mindset. So to me, I don't see it as that was my last game or this next game could be my last game. And one player the Seahawks will have a relatively easy decision on bringing back is safety Ryan Neal, who talked about his desire to be back. Yeah, I mean, shoot, and that's a big, I think, on my end. I still haven't even worked out all the details on that, but I do think I am an uh, exclusive right-free agent. Um, like I told everybody else, I love it here. Came here, I got the chance here, so where else would I rather be? Uh, this place lets me be me, lets me, lets me and my personality shine. Um, and, you know, it's the NFL, it's business, and, you know, you can't really control what goes on after that, but forever thankful for, you know, thankful to this place if this is it, but if it's not, let's do it again, and I can't wait to come back and, you know, go to work, so... That's kind of how I'm looking at it. And you heard Ryan mention exclusive rights free agent. Essentially, that means that the Seahawks have the first right of refusal on his contract. It's a relatively low cost contract. If you're a good player like Neil, uh, I have no doubt that Seattle will be exercising their right to continue on that contract with Neil. Neil also talked about what it was like playing without Bobby Wagner on Sunday. It definitely it, it hurts. It's a gut punch. You know what I mean? And. Bobby's been a guy who has played in, what, every game, I mean, ever. I mean, I think he probably missed out on a couple maybe, but I've always known Bobby to be on the field. He always been out there. Even when I was playing last year and the year before, he was always out there. So to see uh, kind of your, your, your big leader kind of go down and not come back, it, it does, you know, hit you in a way. But 
at the end of the day, you got to go out there and do it for him then. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he's not going to be there, then we got to represent. And that's how I feel about when Jamal got hurt and either other guys like Trey Brown and Marquise and all of those guys. You got to you got to do it for them. You know, you got to represent their, their, uh, their name in the best way possible and show the world that, you know, what he's done on the field, not only just, you know, by himself, but what he's teaching everybody else comes to life. And you, you pay your respects by just balling out. So that's what we plan on doing. Defensive coordinator Ken Norton Jr. was happy with how Wagner's substitute, Cody Barton, played. Oh, it was really fun to see Cody get out there. He's been waiting for so long for the opportunity to play. He's uh, He has so much ability, so much energy. He, uh, he's so smart. He's just been uh, getting ready for this moment. So he was having a lot of fun. It was fun to see him uh, on the sideline. He was playing special teams and uh, playing middle linebacker. Uh, easily coachable. Uh, flying around. Um, I, li- I liked what I saw, no, no doubt. And we started this episode by talking about the Cardinals' defensive star. Let's finish by talking about one of their offensive stars in quarterback Kyler Murray. Here's Norton with his thoughts on him. You know, he's pretty good. I'm, I'm, you know, we see him twice a year. We missed him the first time because of injury. But watching the film and watching his, his development over the years, being, you know, being here once he came into our division, um, you know, he's... His ball is, you know, throws the ball really well. His fade ball is really uh, accurate. Uh, he has a, a, a certain understanding and control of the game, control of the offense. Uh, just really like the way he uses all the players around him. He's got a st- nice, strong running game. He uses the perimeter game. Uh, his game is uh, is well-rounded. You know, he's uh, he's no doubt uh, somebody to reckon with. He's, he's, a, he's a really good, really good quarterback. That's going to do it for today's show. Thanks to Wilson Kahn for helping to produce this episode. Follow him out on Twitter at Wilson underscore Kahn, C-O-N-N. Head on over to fieldgoals.com. Lots to check out there. New Cigar Thoughts podcast. Jackson Bevins has Jake Heaps on the show this week. Check that out. Also, some news that Al Woods is going to the COVID list for the Seahawks, and he joins defensive tackle Miles Adams there. So the middle of the Seahawks defense could be a little bit light if those players are not able to play on Sunday. We'll be following along throughout the week. Continue to check out field goals. I'll be back previewing this upcoming matchup with Clinton Bonner and Phil Lydic. So be sure you're subscribed. SBNation.com slash NFL podcast to get this show in your feed whenever it comes out. Until next time, everybody. Go Hawks. <laughs>